You are listening to The Tish with Rabbi Michael Nam, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Michael Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit JcastNetwork.org. We are studying the uh, Nativot Shalom, uh, Rabbi Shalom Noach uh, Berzadsky, who's the last Slonim Rebbe. He left this world in uh, 2000, if I'm not mistaken. Lived most of his life in Jerusalem, but was originally from uh, Poland. And, uh, uh, and we're reading his uh, interpretation of why we don't eat chametz, leaven, on Passover. Right? And so just to kind of recap where we've been so far to show where we're going to go. Right? So he first starts off with a question. I think it's a, a brilliant question. Which is, why is it that uh, we're so much more stringent with chametz on Passover than we are with any other eating prohibition anywhere else in, in the Jewish tradition, right? So, for example, right, if, uh, if you know, with, uh, with, like, pork, right, if I drop accidentally, no one take a, uh, this is not a, an inv- invitation to do this, but if I accidentally were to have dropped uh, a piece of bacon into my uh, pot of kosher soup, right, if the soup is 60 times the volume of the bacon, I don't need to worry about the fact that the bacon fell in it. Soup is still kosher. But with chametz, it's not that, right? And with chametz, even if the soup were a thousand times or five thousand times the volume of a piece of chametz that were to have fallen into it, the whole thing is not kosher for Passover, right? So the so and and even more than that, right? So I, there's not a prohibition for me like seeing a cheeseburger. But there is a prohibition, according to the rabbis, of seeing chametz on Passover. Right? So the, the prohibitions are very, very stringent. And so he asks, why is that? What is, there, is there something unique, is there something special about chametz that makes it uh, uh, dealt with so stringently? And if there is something so uniquely bad about chametz that makes us deal with it so stringently, why do we only have it forbidden on Passover? Shouldn't it be forbidden in the, uh, every other day of the year? I think these are these are great questions, and so he starts off with his answer, essentially comparing matzah to the manna that was eaten in the wilderness. Okay, and what he says about the manna is that it was it was perfect food. It was kind of it was he calls it angel's food, right? Um, which is what the rabbis in the Talmud call it. And he says that um, that that it was perfect in the sense that it had no it had no byproducts, it had no side effects, it had no waste. Right? It was you eat it and it was totally absorbed, totally used by uh, by your body. It sustained all your needs, as opposed to most other food that always has you know some kind of some kind of side effect, some kind of byproduct, some kind of waste. And one of the things that he says is in most other foods that wasn't in manna is this idea he calls achizat chitzonim, which uh, I translate as uh, as foreign influences. In other words, there are there is an element to all the food that we eat that impacts our, our physicality, right? It, uh, it, you know, it could make us physically stronger or, um, or arouse our, you know, sexual appetites, right? Everyone talks about aphrodisiacs, right? That sort of thing. So there, every food has these kind of uh, um, uh, uh, external qualities to them that, that influence our, our animal nature. And he says that the difference is that manna didn't have those things, didn't have that. And he suggests that matzah is meant to be similar to the manna in not having the, the achizat chitzonim, the foreign influences. 
and then he compares it to Shabbat, etc. Okay, so that's where we've been. That's where we are so far. And now we're in the in the Hebrew. It's the uh, second column, uh, the the first whole paragraph in that column, and in the English, it's the first uh, paragraph on uh, on the second page. This is the Hina Ita Mehaari Hakodesh. So now we're going to get. Uh, um, we're going to bring in the Holy Ari. The Ari is Rabbi Isaac Luria, who's one of the uh, great luminaries of uh, the Jewish mystical tradition. And Rabbi Isaac Luria says, "Sheikar hanes shall geulat mitzrayim hayamasha hageulah hayta bederach dilug." Okay, the essence of the miracle of the Exodus from Egypt, or the redemption of Egypt, was that the redemption was in a skipping fashion. Okay. So uh, that shouldn't necessarily be surprising, right? So the idea, right, the, the term Pesach, it literally <laughs> means to, to skip or to jump, right? And so the, the sense of, uh, you know, why we call it Chag HaPesach is for two reasons. One, because the, well, there's the common reason, right? Why do we call it Pesach? The angel passed over, right, good. Right? But it literally is more like the angel skipped over, or jumped over, or hopped over, uh, uh, the Israelites' houses, right? And then the other is uh, is because of the korban Pesach, right? The Paschal Lamb, right? So the what a, a lamb, if you you know if you you know watch it for they'll they'll like skip around and jump around on the hills, right? So it's got it's got this quality to it, this um, um, character to it that's about uh, skipping or jumping. It's, a, it's not a fluid <coughs> motion. The redemption of Egypt it involves a lot of bouncing. Shikvar betchila heira haarat gadlut. Excuse me, I'm going to actually. Uh, I, I realize I skipped ahead of my translation, so I'll skip ahead here. That was a good signal for me. Vitam um, hadavar. So the reason for this, lefi shik ke asher amdu Yisrael letzet mitzrayim, makor hasitra achra vehaklipot, haita achizat echitzonim bahem chazakam eot. Okay, so the reason for this, the reason that the redemption had to have in a skipping fashion, the reason it happened in stages, right, and didn't happen in kind of, God didn't just like pluck, even though we say God, you know, lifted the Israelites out and carried them on eagles' wings into, right, that's not really what, we know if we read the story, that's not really what happened, right, what happened is there's all sorts of plagues, and then Moses keeps going back to Pharaoh, and then the Israelites get taken out, but they only get taken out a, a couple of days' journey, and then they get to the Red Sea, and then there's a, a drama at the Red See, but there's a kind of like um, staccato fashion to the redemption. It keeps on getting broken up, and then you have the with the with the uh, angel of death skipping over the houses. Right, there's a skipping fashion to it. And so the reason for this, he says, is that when the Israelites were ready to leave Egypt, the the uh, the 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 um, uh, uh, What's it called? The source, yeah. The source of the Sitra Achra, which is the, uh, literally means the other side. It's the, 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 um, um, the, evil, essentially, right? Evil. Is it different than Yetzirah It's It's an interesting thing in the mystical tradition that you have these terms, Sitra Achra and Yetzirah Yetzirah is like an internal force, um, uh, for, for bad. The Sitra Achra is usually like a personified evil, uh, almost like the almost like the devil, um, but it's usually not like quite that personified. It's just external, right? It's it's like the the idea of evil. But sometimes they get conflated, right? Uh, that Sitra Achra is used to describe the Yetzer Hara, and the Yetzer Hara is used to describe the Sitra Achra. Right? Um, 
So any event, so it's the so when they were ready to leave Egypt, which was in the in the mystical tradition is symbolic or the source of evil. And klipot, right? Klipot are, I translated it as shells. It's this uh, mystical idea that there are barriers in this world to God coming in and being part of the world. And the task of a, of a Jew, the task of righteousness, is to try to remove the barriers, remove the shells, right? So you can probably imagine what some of them are, right? Some of you know, are, um, are, are uh, uh, if you have a, uh, a lack of uh, compassion, Right, um, that the source of that are these shells, right? That uh, that that are a barrier for God in the world, right? and so he says that Egypt is the source of of those things. Haita achizada chitonim bahem chazakam meod. So the uh, at that moment when they were ready to leave Egypt, the uh, the power of these external forces, these foreign influences, was was very strong. Right? It's like when you're. Um, when you when you're like when you're just starting to go on a diet, right? At the like moment where you start going on a diet, the desire for uh, for chocolate cake is at its strongest level, right? Like the day before, you may not have really wanted that chocolate cake, but the second you go on a diet, right? All of a sudden, all you can think about is chocolate cake, right? So that's kind of what he's saying here. Where when they're ready to leave Egypt, all, all of a sudden these negative influences that uh, that uh, were part of the culture of Egypt that were symbolized by Egypt, all of a sudden they start grabbing at them to try to pull them back from the redemption. Right? In Egypt they, they imbibed these, uh, these foreign influences. Right? It was in the water, it was in the air, it was in the culture. Right? This negativity was like part of the atmosphere of Egypt. Right? And so, all the more so, when they wanted to leave, these, this negativity was grabbing at them, trying to pull them back, trying to hold them back. Right? And therefore, they needed a redemption that was in a skipping fashion. Right? They needed to kind of uh, 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 hop away. It was like evasive action. Right? They couldn't do it all at once, because if they tried to go all at once, it would just yank them back. So they had to kind of do it little by little, so, the, so the, um, those ne- that negativity couldn't pull them back. Right, so, because if God were to have redeemed them all at once, they would have been gripped by the foreign influences. And so only by shining a great light in front of them could God expel all the power of the other side in the shells and bring about redemption. So it had to happen all at once. What, what are the Excuse shells? me, sorry, it couldn't happen all at once. Uh, sorry. That's okay. Um, what do the shells represent? This is a strange, right. strange metaphor. Yeah. So the shells are... Um, so the, the sitra akhra is like the, the force that compels for bad, right? Or, or the force that, that, that uh, um, personifies bad. The shells are what, are what prevents good, right? So it's a, it's a, there's a slight difference, but it's, it, you know, that, the, the barriers for, for godliness in the world. That's, that's just a weird metaphor to use actually a shell. 
I'm thinking yeah. of a seashell, maybe because of the Red Sea, or you, we talk. It's, it's more like a, it's more like a, like a, Protective. like a nutshell. Like okay. so, it's like it's like what you what you have to like break open to get the nut inside. Okay. It's also sometimes translated as like husks. Okay. Um, you know, like a corn husk. You know, mm-hmm. pull it back um, to get to the corn. Um, okay. No problem. All right, last paragraph on this page. Uh, oh, sorry, on the on the Hebrew page in the English next paragraph. The Hinebi Yitziat Mitzrayim Milvad Etzem Shinigalumi Mitzrayim Harein Yu Yisrael Az Am Hanivchar Kemodichtiv Vlakachtechem Lilaam. Okay, so the one of the uh, outcomes of the Exodus from Egypt is that Israel, the children of Israel, become the chosen people because of that. Right, it says uh, that I took you to be my people. Right? The, the interpretation there is that is that uh, they may not have it may not have uh, uh, actually been the chosen people until they were taken out of Egypt. Once they're taken out of Egypt, right, the statement is lakachti etchem. I took you lilaam to be my people. Right, that's why I took you, so you would be the chosen people. God says, vaita az bechinat gerut lekoklal Yisrael. Right, and so this means that uh, the exodus from Egypt was a kind of uh, Conversion for all the Jewish people. Right, and so in uh, in conversion, we know that a non-Jew needs uh, uh, who wants to become a Jew needs three things. Right, they need to accept the commandments. That doesn't mean they need to like uh, be a um, you know the the most observant Jew, but they need to accept the 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 responsibility to take on the commandments. Um, they need to have circumcision if they're male, right? And tvila and uh, immersion in a mikvah. Right? Those are the three things that that are halachically needed for conversion. Right? So that means that if the exodus is a kind of conversion for the <coughs> Jewish people, right? They uh, metaphorically at least need those three things. And so um, it turns out that actually you you have those three things in the Exodus, right? So there are those that say that uh, the splitting of the Red Sea is a, equivalent to Tvilah of uh, immersion in a mikvah, and they get the Torah, right? That's Kabbalat Mitzvot. They receive the Mitzvot, and uh, oh, sorry, God, they didn't get wet. But... They didn't get wet, right? right. Um, <laughs> Right. And and they do uh, circumcise themselves uh, in uh, um, in in Egypt before the uh, uh, Korban Pesach. So the inyanam gam ken mishum kshe omed hitgayer mitgaveret bo achizad achitzonim asher enam menichim lo latzet mishlitatam liot yehudi. Okay, but when a, so he suggests that when a when a non-Jew wants to become a Jew. All of a sudden, he's got this, uh, uh, he'll have this, like, um, you know, internal force, right? Trying to, trying to pull him back, trying to keep him or her from, from becoming a Jew, right? Not uh, to, to leave their power and <clears throat> to become a Jew. Right? so, now, I, I, I want to just kind of, like, bracket for a, a second this sort of uh, um, uh, equivalence that's being drawn here uh, between being a non-Jew and having uh, these sort of like evil powers uh, have hold of you, um, but I do think that there there is an element of truth in this, right? I I I, I worked with lots of uh, converts in in my short uh, rabbinate, and um, and 
almost all of them, uh, you know, in the in a few days leading up to their uh, to their mikvah, will start having you know uh, like a like a groom or a bride before their wedding, like start having you know cold feet, right? Second, am I really making the right decision here? Right? And so that I think is what he's picking up on, right? So like, you know, in, the, in the moment before conversion, you start you start having like these thoughts that kind of like pull you back in the other direction. But through those three things, through accepting the mitzvot, through uh, circumcision, and through immersion in a mikvah, he can, it, it acts like a, a shield, it acts like a protector, armor for him, uh, to, uh, to, so that these negative influences won't have any power over him. And then he can be a, a Jew. Right, so they're, they're, those three things are, are less about you know the, the the requirements to become a Jew than they are a, a sort of inoculation uh, to uh, to have being brought back to being a, a, a not a Jew. Umishum kach Yisrael Yisraelhu. Right, and because of this, a Jew, even if a, if he's a, a sinner, he's still a Jew. Right? Even if a Jew were to, to violate, <coughs> excuse me, all the Torah, right? Happens probably. What's that? Bernie Madoff. Bernie Madoff. Right? <laughs> <coughs> Unfortunately for us, right? Bernie Madoff is still a Jew. Right? The fact that he does horrible things doesn't change the fact that he's a Jew. Right? Right, and similarly, a, a non-Jew, when they are uh, uh, sincere and go through this process of conversion, it nullifies all of these um, uh, external forces. Right, these uh, these these negative forces that try to bring them back to being non-Jew. So that's what he's saying about a Jew by birth is they already have this sort of armor, this inoculation, um, so that even if they sin, they remain a Jew, right? And the same thing. And so the so the uh, for for a non-Jew, right? It, it's it, uh, going through that process builds the armor, okay? And that way, even if they were to sin after they convert, right, they're still a Jew. Ukimo. Excuse me. And similarly, is Israel at the exodus from Egypt? Right. So at the time of the exodus, these negative influences, these foreign influences, tried to grab at them more powerfully than they would have before. Right, but the second they become the chosen people, they take on this task, this mission, so that they can't have or they shouldn't have these negative influences trying to to overpower them. Vizehu, just going to finish this paragraph. Vizehu mashne amar bekorban pesach v'kol aral lo yochabo. And this is what it says with regard to the uh, the paschal uh, sacrifice that any non-Jew, anyone who's not circumcised, shouldn't eat it. Ki korban pesach kolel et kol inyanei yitzayat mitzrayim, because the paschal offering uh, uh, symbolizes 
all of the issues of the exodus from Egypt. Right? And therefore, even though non-Jews can observe any other commandment in the Torah, but the, but the Paschal offering, since Passover has in it this sense of conversion, right? it, is, it is the moment at which Jews become Jews. Right? And so since it has this element of conversion to it, um, a non-Jew can't eat the Paschal offering. Because the conversion needs to be complete. It needs to be full. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to pause there for, for now. Next week we'll, we'll uh, hopefully finish the essay. Right? But, the, but the move here is to say <clears throat> that are not eating chametz, remember the, the original question, are not eating chametz on Pesach, are not eating leaven on Pesach, is going to have something to do with the fact or the notion that the that Passover is a holiday of conversion. Passover is a holiday in which um, Jews become Jews anew. Right? That the that the miss that the mission, the Jewish mission, the Jewish task is renewed. Right? The 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 Jewish connection is renewed. And somehow he's gonna make the argument that Chametz would get in the way of that, would prevent us from having that kind of Jewish renewal. But that we'll save for next week. Question.